I'm Carrie Adams, and you're listening to Carrie's Connoisseurs, coming to you from Solid Gold Podcasts. Here we talk to the movers and shakers, the drinkers, the dreamers, and all the people who make it happen in the liquor and luxury industries from around the world. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Carrie's Connoisseurs for another interesting edition where today I'm chatting to Martin Smith of Passerine. He is on Riverside. We've done this before, so it should be okay. You've all got to know me now with my technical challenges and my inabilities. But Martin, hi, welcome to Carrie's Connoisseurs. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, Gary, and thanks. And um, yeah, hang on. <laughs> Thank you, and um, yeah, and welcome to the listeners. Yes. Well, aside from being interesting, gorgeous, focused, successful, making some of the best wine in the country, you just you just deserve to be celebrated because I tasted some wine with Stephanie, who we'll also talk about a little bit later, who belongs to you. And your wine just gets better and better and better and better. I'm going to start off with Martin the Man. Martin born in Ashton, which is a tiny little town, really. Yeah. I think I think you're yeah. a second or third generation winemaker and you're one of those lucky people who knew from a very early age exactly what you wanted to be and that was a winemaker and it's very evident because you committed and devoted and in love with your trade i'm going to keep quiet and you're going to tell us from ashton to passerine quick pracy tell us Okay, so um, at the time when I, uh, at my birth, my dad was the winemaker at, at Ashton Co-op. So um, my dad met my mum on um, my grandfather's farm in in Tilbach, uh, not in Tilbach, in 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 Paul. So it's right next to um, Laborie. So um, my dad did his um, viticultural practical um, um, there, and then um, he met my mother, and um, they decided to tie the knot. Um, at the time, then my grandfather decided, okay, he wants to retire. And he asked my dad, um, do you want to take over the farm? Um, and um, at the time, then it, it was, um, there was some um, table grapes on the farm and um, some wine grapes, but um, they were pretty tired and my dad didn't want to continue. So my grandfather sold the farm and, and we moved to Ashton. And um, my father was the, gra- uh, the, the grand winemaker there. Um, for, for a couple yes. of years, and then um, at um, when we were like I think five days or so after my birth, he actually took a job where um, he decided that he um, wants to bottle wine. So he started the Breda River Bottling Company in Worcester, and we relocated there. And it was probably put- quite. It was probably quite a commercially sound. Um, decision because we all know that you make wine for love, not for money, don't you? Yeah, correct, correct. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I don't know, like if I can whisper in my father's ear at that time, um, it would have probably had a different result. But um, yeah, he was steadfast on, 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 on not continuing the, the, the farm and um, then, then moved to Worcester. Um, so yeah, I spent my um, primary school and, um, and high school in Worcester. And I decided then right after high school that I wanted to go to Portugal. And um, I um, um, worked with, um, with with Joaquin Sa at the time. He was there working in the mailroom. Um, and then we, <laughs> yeah. 
So we, um, um, uh, I did test, of course. Like I, I was in the lab and we we tested um, champagne corks. So like, um, I remember my job was you take a cork, you put it into this device, and it tears it apart, and then I have to test the bar. And, and, and what it sounds like it sounds break. like what my Scotty dog does to the corks when I take them out of the bottles. He tears them <coughs> apart <Yeah>. as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. from Portugal, how long did you stay in Portugal for? One year. Yeah, one year. So it was um, it was a fantastic time. It, it was hard because it was um, at, at that time not a lot of Portuguese people um, speak spoke English. So it's um, uh, um, it's difficult to get understood there. But um, yeah, it was good. So then I returned to South Africa and then um, started um, at Elsenburg, which um, I finished yes. my uh, diploma in winemaking and and um, and in viticulture as well. So. After that, um, I went. I, I did my practical with Jan Pitzier, Jan Bolan Pitzier, and um, and he found me a job actually in in Napa. So I wanted to spread my wings a little bit, and um, I um, I found a job at the winery called Cosentino Winery. So it's a American Italian um, kind of um, setup. So um, it's but focused on on cabs and Chardonnay, That's- yeah. That's a nice place to be, and I was going to say, is that where you fell in love with Cabernet? Because whenever I hear the name Martin Smith, I sort of immediately yeah. I close my eyes and I think of Cabernet. I um, I um, I cut my teeth on, on Cabernet, so it's um, it's my varietal. Like I, I um, it's just the thing that I really enjoy making, and it's also a, a, a grape that I understand. So um, I know exactly yes. what. I need to do and it's just like it's a it's a safe ground for me to, to to push wherever I want to with the wine I know it's it's so nice when you when you get on a little bit in your career and you find out who your soulmate is in the vineyard yeah. and then yeah. you just feel you just feel comfy and easy and it works and yeah. you can taste it in the bottle so you came back how long were you in Napa for 10 years so Yes. Um, yeah. So um, five, five years at, at Cosentino Winery. And then um, I came back for a little bit and I did a, um, a harvest um, at, at Jordan. So it was me and Donnie Statler and Lucinda Haynes and, and Tim from uh, Cabrier. Um, and so we, did, we ran the harvest at that time. Um, and then yeah. I went back um, just after um, or during 2005. And then I took a, a job with um um, LVMH or Louis Vuitton Mouet Hennessy, and um, mm. I was the winemaker for um, for them for another five years. So it's a that was a fantastic learn, learning school because it's a it, to work with such vast budgets and um, with such a massive corporate company. Um, I know I anything's possible, hey. Yeah, so like anything, and it's cool. Like the, the winemaker before. Um, me, they, um, you would tell me like they would do like wine tastings at special events, and then they would have um, like Charlize Tron or whoever was the poster girl for for LVMH to attend the tasting with him. So it's uh, it's incredible. That's so that's why happened. you went. Let's just be honest. You went there. You wanted poster girls in the tasting room. <laughs> I can hear that you in your cellar. I'm just going to tell everybody. Martin's in his cellar at the moment. I can hear pumps and machines and flows and echoes, whatever. So. If we can't, if we can't hear you nicely, I'm going to say, Martin, switch off this hose pipe and speak to me again. But we're, okay. we're moving on from poster girls 
and you spent another five years with LVMH, did you? Yeah, so in um, for till, till 2010, and then um, I felt like, okay, so now I have to make a decision. Am I going to live in the States or am I going to come back home? And um, I decided that I'm going to return to South Africa. And um, so you yeah, didn't so marry you didn't marry a poster girl. No, no, no. So um, I, I didn't know what. Or well, not an American one, anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I returned. Like I, um, I knew Full Freeze from 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 Villafonte, um, and because I attended a lot, a lot of things at um, at 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 Davis, where he was um, a guy that um, I think he was like almost like in a professorial role there. Yes. So, yeah. And then um, I asked him, like, listen, I'm planning to return to South Africa. Do you have anything available? And then he said, not at the time. But then two months after that, he phoned me. And he asked, um, okay, so as it would have it, our, um, our winemaker, Bernard Leroux, is leaving. And um, so Bernard left for, for Zorfleet. And, um, and then I had five one-hour Skype interviews with Zalma Long. <laughs> She's gorgeous. How incredibly detail-orientated she is. And these um, interviews were all taking place all at like... I think twelve o'clock at night in my office. Yes. At yeah. So um, <clears throat> everything was. She's everything such a gorgeous was, lady, though, Martin. She's yes. a lovely woman. So she wouldn't have been judgmental or horrible. Zelma and yeah. Phil are, are two of my favorite people in the world. Actually, they're just such a treat, and they've been so additive on an international mm. wine platform. You know, they're brilliant. So she obviously yeah. decided that you were clever enough to join Villafonte. Yes, uh, well, I, I hope so. Like, I, mean, I remember she, they, I, I, they gave me the job. I was still, uh, um, like, racking barrels in, um, in, in Napa on the Friday, and I flew, flew over, and on Monday, we started um, harvesting in, um, at Villafonte. So it was, there was, like, zero, yeah, three days, and or everything relocated. Mike um, Ratliff put me up in, in, in a house on Warwick, and... Um, yeah, and then my my road with um, Villafonte started there. So, and what yeah, a road! What a road it was. I mean, Villafonte, you and Zelma and Phil and Mike catapulted Villafonte yeah. from zero to hero in a very short space of time, and that had a huge amount to do with the wine you were making. Well, thank you. Yeah, so it was a, it was a fantastic time. Mike and 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 then Zelma and Phil, they're fantastic people. So we um. Got along mm. really well. Um, and then in 2016, I told them, okay, now um, I'm ready to, to start my own or take my, my, my own thing, which was Passerina at the time, um, to the next level. So in, back in 2013, I already um, told them that, listen, I want to make my own wine. Um, and they were kind enough to grant me that. So they told me, like, okay, you can. Um, you're not allowed to use any of our varietals that goes into the series M or C, um, but you can't. But and, and 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 you're not allowed to make more than ten barrels. So, so that was the rules. Um, okay. So I, I'm bullheaded. So I decided, okay, I'm gonna. I would still want to make a Bordeaux wine because that is my my thing. But I can't use Cab. I can't use Merlot. I can't use Franc or Malbec. So I so made it makes, um, it makes a border blend a little bit tricky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but luckily I had a, um, a little bit of extra knowledge in my seat. So, 
I um I found out that there is some Carmenere planted in South Africa. So that was planted in in, in a town called Philadelphia. Um, they, I, I think Peter Dirk Ice or somebody lives there. It's um it's on the west. <laughs> no, on, but on you know what? Coast. I remember there was. It's on the west coast, and I remember. When I first came back to South Africa, I worked and started working in this wine industry. There was Carignan, and it was being made and farmed and bottled by a man called Alex Camera, and from a farm called okay. Velgegrond. I remember right. that. <laughs> and to the best no, no. of my knowledge, that was the only Carignan vineyard that was actually operating at the time. Listen, that was before Jesus was born. I'm a lot older than yeah. you, so maybe you've forgotten about that. <laughs> but that was the only Carignan that was available at the time. Okay, okay. Okay, so yeah, so, so this was, um, yeah, so like, uh, we, I'm, I'm, I'm making some um, Car- um, Carignan as well, but it's um, for another, pro- uh, for it, it's just for Pastorina as well. But the, the Carmenere that I'm talking about was um it was an on a on a farm called Waterkloof, um on the N seven. And um so so now I have um Carmenere in, in the pocket, so now I just need another varietal. So I I got that from um actually from um um, um Simon Barlow and it was um Petit Rideau that was grown on the most perfect slope. And um and me, and I think it was me and Jeremy Jeremy Walker that bought some Petit Rodeau from him that year. And um, we, um, we uh, I, I made the wine, and that was the first um, Pasarine Marathon ever made um, in 2013. And, so what um, was the ultimate, what was the blend ultimately? Carmenere and Petit Rodeau? <laughs> it was a Carmenere and Petit Rodeau, yeah. But it's, um, and then I wanted to bottle and sell the wine, but Tavis told me, you, you can't do it because it's um it the Carmenere is still going through its um like legal phases and then like you still have to propagate and, and it needs to be all the, the red tape needed to be clear. So I um I lied and I and I said it's only petit rideau <laughs> that was on the way. <laughs> um, yeah. You're not so supposed to uh, publicly admit to lying. Those are <laughs> deep I'm, dark I'm, secrets I'm, you keep to yourself. Yeah, you kind of have to be honest because I have a very bad memory. So, it's, <laughs> like, um, so, so yeah, so it's like I still have eighty bottles of that wine. So that's that's about ten years ago, like already. So it's is it still it's, drinking? Does it still taste nice? It's fantastic. It's it's really 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 great. Okay, so next um, time you come to Johannesburg, I want a bottle of that okay, at my house. Okay. That, that's a deal. You and me going to share that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll do it. So you made you made this blend out of two very unlikely bed partners, and it tasted blooming delicious. Everything that's come from Passerine really has tasted gorgeous, as long as my memory serves me. So you left you left Villafonte in twenty fifteen. Did you say? No, uh, two thousand sixteen. So I told um, Zelma like um, in the harvest of two thousand and sixteen that I am. Um, I'm, I'm going to go on my own in 2017. So I gave them a 12-month notice, and then they yes. em- employed um, one of my um, interns, um, Christopher Fries, um, to take over my role. So, yeah, mm. so 2017, I was all by myself. I, um, I met a man <laughs> who was my, my business partner, and his name is Ndabi Mareda. 
So I we, was about to say this is where we have to start speaking about Ndaba because he's yeah. such an unsung hero of Passerine, really. He's, he keeps quiet. He flies under the radar. He sounds like every every person's dream partner. I mean, he comes to the party with support and love and money and all kinds of stuff, and he doesn't interfere with you. How did you manage to find him? Um, well, he likes to, to drink Volafonte, so that's how he um, came, came about. So he gave <laughs> me a call and said, listen, I want to invest into an artist where he said like me. So I said, okay, fine. I am going on my own, and I think we can definitely work together. So um, then he already owned the farm in Franschhoek. So um, the, okay. was called Lamot. La uh, not Lamot, Marlot. So um, M-A-R-L-O-D. And, and it was owned by uh, um, a Swedish gentleman. And then um, then he bought it from him, I think, back in 2012. So that okay. became the, the hub of, um, of Passerine. So it's... Um, so... Um, what I didn't say is like I also make a Chardonnay um, that's from Elgin, so that was also a, a wine that I made in, or started making in 2013. So I already so we decided okay so we're gonna work out an area where Passerine will will live in, and then this is the three territories. So it's Tolbach, and then um, Franschhoek, and then um, Elgin. So Stolbach came to me via Andrea Malineux. So like, I asked her um, for, I'm looking for a veneer to start working with. And then she told me about this Syrah vineyard that was um, farmed and planted by Tali Low in Stolbach. And it's, the, it's a farm okay. right underneath Stolbach Mountain Vineyard. And um, I think at, there was a time when Andrea and Chris and Kali Lowe were both living on Tolbach Mountain Vineyards and all that. So this farm was owned by an older guy. He was um, he worked for the beers. He was a diamond guy, and um, and he uh, his name is Tony Bond. And um, he owned a small little thirty hectare farm that was planted half with olives and the other half was was um, Syrah. And um, and then there was some cab on there. And then on that farm, there's some Carignan that I that I still work with till today. And, um, There's some fantastic um, shiraz that comes out of Tilbach. If you look at, I think, I don't know if Devolt's still at Sarensburg, but Devolt used to turn those shiraz grapes in Tilbach into absolutely beautiful wine. And, uh, and a, who's a, the a other partner. one? Neville. Neville yeah. from um, Rakes. Right. Also, lovely shiraz. It seems, it seems that that area is just lends itself to Syrah. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So... Um, that it, it, he um, so so Devil, I'm I'm not sure. I think he, he might have left um, Sarensburg. Yeah, I think um, he has. I know, uh, we'll have to look. I know Pierre from Rake, um He left, um, so he's making the Survivor wine. So let's take on it. Oh um, yes, is that who? Is that what Pierre's doing now? I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think um, the guy um, over who makes um, Survivor, if I'm not mistaken, um, wanted to take the brand. On a quality level to a higher notch, so and they got here to do it. Um, mm. No, no, it's fantastic. So, so did I, you? So you bought into this beautiful little farm that ended up being Passerine. Was it called Passerine at the time, or did you call it Passerine? Um, do you mean the one in Franschhoek or in, in Tolva? In Franschhoek. 
Um, your little so, yeah. farm, your little passerine where your tasting center is, and yeah. your it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's um, it yeah. The the, the farm was called um, Marlot, and then um, and we decided to call it Passerine just to make everything um a little bit easier so, to understand. So let's tell everybody what Passerine means because it's. I love it. It's sort of like the spirit of free traveling birds. And I love that. I've got swallows at my house. I think I've told you. I've had yeah, them there yeah. for 20, 23 years. They come and go and come and go every year. And it's one of the reasons that led me to Passerine in the first place, because I love your labels. Tell us about all of that. Yeah, so with the, with the name, I remember there was a time that I had to kind of um, decide what I wanted to, to call the brand. And I, and I spoke a lot of to that with Mike Ratliff and um, and then he wanted me just to call it Martin because I think at the time David and Nadia just called it David or whatever and and then <laughs> it was and I said it okay but yeah let's I, I rather want to have it like give it a more of a like a sexy name or, and so it sounds better and then just Martin <laughs> well Martin's or, quite sexy <laughs> well yeah, I was, I don't know <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to want to call the brand like my name. But I never, I never, I must say, I never, I never quite felt like a Martin. That's the strangest thing. Um, You've but, never uh, felt like a Martin. Yeah, it's like it's what... a, it's, I don't know if it's just me, but it's it, yeah, it's just a little bit of a. It's, it's no, you are like a Martin. Martin, and for everybody else who doesn't know, Martin is also a bird. A Martin is a type of a swallow, isn't it? Yeah, so that's how the whole thing started. So, okay, I thought, like, okay, my name is Martin, so they say there's a bird, <laughs> and then it's a, there's a swift, and then there's a swallow, and then um, there's a passerine. Mm. So I basically Googled passerine, and then I looked at the Latin, and I saw um, the word passeriformis. And and that's still a little bit hard on the ear, so then I just decided, okay, I'm going to call it passerine. And, um, and, it, and it stuck... Um, Mike Radcliffe didn't like the name. I, I saw that on his face, but I, I kind of <laughs> stuck with it. Well, when uh, I first um, saw it, I looked at it and I thought it's a bit like Kevin Grant called his ataraxia. It sounds like a sleeping tablet. Or yeah. let me, you know, let me give you, you know, five milligrams of passerine three times a day, and I'm sure you'll be fine in the morning. Do you know? Yeah, well, <laughs> sounds like a moody. Seven hundred to fifty mils would be better. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So the name stuck, and um, <laughs> and yeah. So uh, in retrospect, I would have, if I thought about it, I would probably call it Passerin, um, because now we, we, me and my wife went um, on a on a marketing trip in, in to England, and um, we went to this Michelin star restaurant where the wines are served, and all the sommeliers they are um, Italian, and so they told me what the name really means, and I said, oh, okay. <laughs> I should have called. Oh, it what is it? Something it comes out of the comes out of the Kama Sutra or something. What, is, <laughs> what does it mean, really? <laughs> exactly. I'm trying to exactly make you that. blush, Martin. <laughs> yeah, well, is I'm, it really? Uh, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so it kind of like they love it because, but they because they, they can't keep their they can't keep a straight face when they surf the one. So, um, so that's that's what I found out ten years after oh. I, I named the um, the brand. Um, so yeah, but anyway, so the the name is it, and it's and, and I love it. So it's um, <laughs> uh, so yeah. So and, then, um, so, and then what's on the label? Tell everybody what's on the label and who makes the labels, who designs okay, them. So, 
So I, I work with various of artists um, in my um, in my winemaking profession. So I have my stalwarts, and it's um, Karen Zierswogel. She's a fantastic illustrator. And then we have um, Lorraine Lewis, um, and she's um, more like is like super well known and very well respected, um, just normal like miniaturist. So she she um, can paint the, the smallest little details on. And um and um and yeah on the, like a five rand coin so like very very gifted and and, yes. and Carmen is fantastic with like she she's got art down but she's also got everything on, on digital so she can like move stuff around and all that so yes um so they both of them worked on the Pastorine project so um Carmen did the the goal um with the the lady that is um sitting um for the Chardonnay and um and um. Lorraine did the swallow um, back in 2012, I think. So she painted that for me, um, and yeah, so the it's it's stuck. So it's a, like for Pastorine, it's it's not it's an authentic brand. So it's it's something that is standing firmly with its feet in in, in in a certain style of wine, but also into with like the art. So like it's um, it's something that stands mm. up on a, on a, on the shelf. So it's 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 got more like a very um, well meaning kind of idea that was stuck in my head and then it um, kind of, I, I'm not able to paint. So I, um, I have to like outsource that. Um, but then well, your creativity, a- your creativity lies in different spaces, but your creativity mixed with the absolutely beautiful creativity that's gone into your labels. I love your labels. I almost feel, I almost feel like we should make a range of them and roll prints of them, numbered prints or something, so that we could hang them in cellars and things. They are such beautiful works of art. And Thank together, you. as I say, with the work of art that is your that is your wine, I just they just hang together really, really well. So Mart, tell me now, let's tell everybody what's in the range of Passerine wines as we speak now. What are you making? So basically, we have the signature range. So that is the Marathon, which is most years, it's a Cabernet Sauvignon. Some years, it's a blend of Cabernet Sauvignon and Petit Verdot. And that's 100% from Tilbach. So um, I, I agree with you, Tilbach makes fantastic Syrah, but the amount, the, the quality of Cabernets or grapes that contain pyrazines that can come from there is um, incredible. And the reason for really? that is because of that, super cold winters and then the incredibly hot summers like it's like it's fantastic like it, it just eradicate any kind of green aroma in merlot cabernet franc carmenere and and cabernet Sauvignon. yeah um and so i make that wine um so that's kind of like our um our flagship although i don't really like to call it that um and then i make the chardonnay that's from elgin um and um so that's 100% pure Chardonnay, and it's always from 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 Elgin. Um, and then <clears throat> I make a wine called the Union, which is um, it's a, more like a Northern Rhone kind of setup. So it's um, Syrah, and then uh, it's got a, a little bit of um, a Mouvet and and Carignan in that. So yeah. um, so that's more like your like iodiney kind of tertiary, like saucisse kind of sagey kind of wine. So it's got um, yeah. it's more of a, like a bouquet wine where the marathon is a lot more like singular. Um, and then I make a wine called the Shiner. So that's a different 
animal altogether. So it's it's an idea that started with me back in 2010. So I um I had a, a barrel at Villafonte of this um um Syrah that I got from um, Tony Bond's farm, and um I um I blended that with Merlot, and then that was called the Shiner. So it's I did, at the time I didn't have money to for any labels or anything. So I spoke to my <laughs> designer friend um uh, rob tyler listen just make me a, a stencil and then i'll take that stencil and i'll put it on a bottle and i'll, and I'll spray paint the bottle like they do in portugal <laughs> so um i, I we chose an, on brad pitt from fight club um uh, it's a good level. choice <clears throat> yeah so but the thing is it, it did so good that it looked too much like brad pitt so um <laughs> we didn't want to, we didn't want to get sued so i um no i i, I used um then we changed it to Tom Hardy, and I asked him, just mangle his body a little bit so that we can't say it's Tom. So, <laughs> so that was the start of the whole thing. And, um, and then in the United States, if a wine doesn't have a label on it, then it's called a Shiner. And um, so then I, okay, so I decided I'm going to call it Shiner. And um, in this country, if somebody, I, think, or I guess anywhere else in the world, if somebody punched you, then um, and you have a blue eye, then that's called a Shiner. Yes. So, <laughs> So we got this whole like like violence and uh, aggression and into this wine, and then I said, okay, so now I have that. Um, why don't I write a crime novel to accompany this um, this wine? So um, okay, so then I I decided okay, I'm going to write a little chapter, and, and I'm not a, a, a writer or a novelist or whatever. So um, but I, I set the scene, and it takes place in in a pub called the Acker in in Stellenbosch. Where um, <laughs> my best, one of my best friends, Jonathan Maria, in my mind is a an ex um, private investigator, um, class oh. alcohol, and then he's somebody hires him to go and and find this girl, um, and um, so yeah, so it's kind of at the time I read a lot of Dion Mayer and. Um, <laughs> and, and so he, he was kind of like a little bit like Benny, but a, um, a little bit um, more attractive and um, and all that. So, <laughs> so did you publish this novel? <laughs> it's published on my bottle. So, um, so <laughs> okay. So I read. It's, it's basically a, a couple of chapters, and and, and we we stuck it on the front uh, on the front label, and then so you you can take it almost like a sleeve. So you can take that um, that and, and read it, and then you you have the bottle. So. So that idea stuck. So then something infiltrated my mind. So, okay, so if, why don't I make this, like, a chap- I make 10 wines in 10 chapters over 10 years. And then, um, and then in the end, you'll have your, um, um, your, whole your, book. Little, yeah, your old book and you have these 10 wines. So um, we did the first one, and then that was like a cab-based blend. And then the second one, um, which um, is a, a Sauvignon Blanc Simio. And then I got um, Jenny Chris Williams to, to, to help me with that chapter. So um, it, it gets pretty, pretty um, raunchy and then super violent in this whole flick or, or book. But it's, um, I didn't want to hold myself back. So um, it's like, well, why don't I just go full on um, as creative <laughs> as I can be? So now you have a wine. I want to yeah. write the final chapter for you. You can. Well, chapter four is coming up, so I don't... Okay, well, it doesn't have to be the final chapter. I'll write chapter four for you. But if you want completely politically incorrect and no holds barred and honestly, 
I Full won't, um, frontal uh, poster girls. Yeah. That's me. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so I want as uh, it needs to be as unpolished um, as you can. So I got. <laughs> okay. So I let's do it. The the third chapter I um I had um I asked Dion Mayer actually to write it, so he agreed and and he wrote the third chapter. So okay. He um you can see the quality of writing from his side um, goes um increases yes. a lot. So that I was going to say puts the rest of us to shame. Yes, <laughs> but what a gorgeous what a gorgeous idea to make up a whole thing like that filled with different people's yeah. perspectives on the story. How, and and to say nothing of how gorgeous the one I've tasted the the Sauvignon Blanc, Sauvignon Blanc Semillon blend. Hey, yes, great that you made. I've tasted Great. that so one, that, and it's delicious, and it's not expensive either. It's lovely. Yeah. So in fact, um, we're having some at lunchtime today. After oh, this interview, after this oh. interview, Shannon, who helps me and produces all most of my stuff here at Solid Gold, it's her yeah. birthday today. So we'll say happy birthday to Shannon Kennedy quickly to everybody. And um, Stephanie's are coming because we're going to put some of those some of your wines into the little solid gold online shop. And we're oh, going to have Shana for lunch for Shani's birthday. Okay. So while Thanks we're so. talking. Great. So carry on telling me about Shana. Okay, so the, the Shiner is the one that you're going to have now. Is, um, it's uh, Sauvignon Blanc and Simeo, and it's from Friendship. But um, most of these wines, the Shiner wines have no appellation on the back label. And it doesn't have a vintage, so they're all Western Cape non-vintage wines, and and I prefer yes. them to be, to be like that. So they um they come from nowhere and they have no place or time. Um, and then um I also um we make the Elements wines um for Pastorine, so that is um like a little bit of a um, more of an introduction to the other wines. And um on on that label we have a very basic um a swing with two seats on it. And um, that idea came to me. I, I had this um, picture on my phone when I went on a surfing trip to Indonesia, and um, and I just um, I saw that um, on a bar in in, in a place called Kuta, and um, I took it, and, and it was it sat on my phone for uh, I think three or four years, and then I decided in the end, okay, so I needed something basic and it was like playful and all that so we decided to go with that onto the elements range so there's currently um uh there's a rosé um there's a chardonnay uh, a pierce sauvignon blanc and a cabernet and a syrah so so that's the base um baseline um, wines for us um, and Matt, when you're looking yeah. for when you're looking for grapes and things because your property in franchuk is not really where you source all your wines and things from. You go and find vineyards all over the place. Do you sign long-term contracts, or do you go and look for different vineyards every year, or what do you do? No, so we, we, well, Pastorine only it can only source from three areas. So the one is Elgin, and the other one is Frantuk, and then Tolbach is the other one. So we we own another property in Tolbach. Um, it's right next to the Yevil and Freikalik, and so it's, it's a big property. It's um this 500 hectare um, farm um, called the Evil, and it was um, owned by a guy called Gaten Bovet, who is a Flemish guy, and 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 we bought that property from him in 2017. Um, so now 
I've planted two hectares of Cabernet on it. Um, and then next year we'll plant some Chardonnay and um, Petit Verdot and Carmenere on our farm. So Passerine becomes almost sovereign now so that it can look after itself and it's not so reliant on um, on farmers or um, it, uh, third parties where you'll, you'll always have some... The, yeah, you have to have a really good relationship with the with the farmers to produce whatever you want. Um, and you don't you well. don't bottle you don't bottle a huge amount of wine, do you? I mean, it's you're not making millions of cases of wine. No, no, no. So we have about I think there's about seven thousand max of each wine, seven thousand bottles. Okay, so, so it's um, quite big. I mean, it's quite big enough. Well, that's that's best case scenario. So when you work with Mother Nature, like some years, it's only three thousand. Um, so I think for this last from I think from twenty twenty onwards, like there's um, there's there's about only like three thousand, and then there's four thousand of the Chardonnay. So very very small 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 quantities. Um, but now we kind of gear ourselves to to push to about seven thousand of each. I know you love Cabernet. We spoke about that before. Mm. But if we're not talking about Cabernet, what wine do you like making the best? What's your best thing um, to make? Well, there's definitely Chardonnay for the whites. Um, I like everything Bordeaux, so Malbec is a, is a big favorite of mine. So it's just like this super um, generous varietal. So like it's like, you know, I call um I call Malbec the Scarlett Johansson of, of the wine world because there's just so much of everything. So it's um, <laughs> it's a, it's a great... Have you told Scarlett that, that she's too much of everything? <laughs> no, no, I don't. I, I love Malbec because it's a fantastic blending partner. It's, um, it's, it, it's got a lot of color. It's got a lot of fruit. Um, and um, so like, in, I would wish that I have access to such a great source that I can have at least five percent in all my wines. Um, okay, that's brilliant. Yeah. So and then uh, Merlot, Cabernet Franc, um, Petit Verdot, especially, they're all um, arrows in my quiver that I definitely like to shoot with. I I, I respect Tenzo and, um, and 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 those those varietals, but it's like like I have no I haven't walked a road with it or I, and I don't, don't really understand all like like the color and um and um all that so it's um <laughs> it's a varietal that uh, like look I it's a it's a great welcome drink but uh, after a while I want to I want to step over to the, the You want a cabin there. You're a real boy. You know you're a real boy yeah. I think. Yeah. If you're not if you're not doing if you're not in your cellar and you're not in one of your vineyards what's your next favorite thing to do? Um, I like to go surf with my friends. I'm 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 a horrible surfer, but it's like <laughs> it's nice to sit there in the back line and just talk crap with your friends and um and, and just laugh. And so then, do you surf? Do you surf with Miles Mossop and Duncan Savage and those boys? Yeah. So like um, I I really call it. I surf with them. I fall around or like wipe out with them. But um, they they're great surfers. Like I um, and they're people that grew up at the sea and the surfing from five years old. Like I'm, I was more the guy that went spearfishing and all of that started quite late. And, and Mart, do you yeah. have, how, how many children have you got? Two. So, um, Irene turned four yesterday and Lyra turned oh. um, three on the 23rd of July. 
Oh my yeah, goodness! So, so I was I was about to say, are any of them wanting to spend the rest of their lives in the cellar? But they might be a little bit tiny to have made that decision. No, yeah, yet. you can definitely see that the that the the interest is there. So, like, um, I, I if I think about it now, I think my daughter would be the winemaker, and my son would be um more the 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 guy running the business. Um, I it just if I well, that's like a. That's like a recipe for success, and it's a dream come true for a third-generation wine farmer. So yeah. let's hope that that's what happens. When am I going to see you in Johannesburg? Um, I think quite soon. Like, like I need to speak to Stephanie and then um, go and fly up and then, and then go and visit some of our accounts there. Um, well, so I'm seeing I, Steph, as I said, at lunchtime today. So I'm going to make a plan with Steph. We're going to put something in the diary. Yeah, yeah. You exactly. are going to you're going to bring a bottle of the 250-year-old Carmenere and Petit Verdot blend. Yeah. We're going to get drunk in my cellar one night. And, and we're going to cook and have some fun. Hey, should we do that? Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that's a bit politically incorrect. Maybe I shouldn't say we're going to get drunk. That's irresponsible and offensive, so I'm told. <laughs> we're, so we won't do we're, that. We're going to we'll put... bask in the wine. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> Martin, as ever, you're just gorgeous. I love chatting to you. Your wines are delicious. Yeah. I'm going to make sure. I'm going to get some pictures of your labels, and with your permission, I'm going to put them on my next newsletter so that people can, can yeah, just see how beautiful they are. We are going to start selling some wine for you and hopefully right. see you sooner rather than later. Thanks, Gary. Thank you, my darling. Thank you very much for spending time with us. It's fantastic. Thank you very much. <laughs>